Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Brian Abana, and you're listening to the Mall Over Cotpost. Hello and welcome to this week's Small Over Podcast, the only rugby podcast that gives you all the news, views and opinion on the weekend's rugby action, all with a West Country accent. You can find us on Twitter, we are at Mall Over Podcast, we are Mall Over Rugby Podcast on Facebook, and you can find all of our podcasts as well as lots of other sports-related podcasts on the Sports Social Network. Uh, I'm joined this week again by Ben. How you doing, mate? Good, thanks, mate. Good, good. See you wearing Miami Dolphins cap, can tell they're 3-0. Yeah, best start they've had in probably 30 years i mean it's the first time i've ever seen you wear that hat so uh you know that's that's one thing and um i'm say again mate my best hat oh you just save it for best save it for those three and oh weekends uh and and i'm also joined as always by um the lensman who is nfl agnostic now former kansas city chief I think it's the way to go, mate. You, um, with the NFL, I can, you know, I'm not from Kansas City. I don't know anyone from Kansas City. Never going to go there. Why do I support them? Not, not a single clue. It's not even in Kansas. It's not. Um, and yeah, well, as listeners to this and all the long snapper will know, I follow, I've now decided to follow a player rather than a, a team. And the team he's gone to, with all the excitement of preseason, have now gone to absolute rat shit. So, uh, <laughs> fuck knows. I've I've got like, it's a bit like the Eddie Stevens. Um, what does he call it? The shit curse. Well, I can't remember what he's called it. In our little group, he's uh, in our FRD. Eddie's got a curse that whatever team or whatever player he. It's he a good pins, story, isn't shied, it? touch, <laughs> is what he calls it the shyest touch. That's a- I have the shyest touch of the NFL. You can probably edit that so it sounds good. I could could do. I mean, mm. it's possible. Unlikely, but possible. Um, let's get into some podcasts, some rugby, shall we? Um, I want to talk a little bit about grassroots stuff just to kick off. Um, 
there's been a lot of interaction and a lot of um, people putting themselves forward to, to come on and, and do a, a grassroots type pod. Something that I really, really want to do, but I want to sort of plan it properly so we so we know exactly what we want to talk about. Um, but the reason being is that last week I mentioned that I was going to be making a comeback for Nuki last week. Um, unfortunately, after going training, uh, seeing me lay some boots on, uh, Phil decided to call the game off rather than... <laughs> <laughs> rather than have me rather than have me set foot on a pitch again. Um which you know we didn't we I don't I'm not sure we had a front row, but uh more interestingly, we had three, I think three or four backs, all of which were the over the age of 40. So not an ideal situation of, of a club of, of Nuki's stature, that's for certain. But but what it did lead to was a wider point that it seems that Nuki aren't the only club in that in that situation. There are clubs. I know JB shared a uh, an RFU screenshot where every single game in a single league was either a home or away walkover because teams just couldn't raise a side. Yeah, that's, a that's pretty... the team that I went training for a few times. Which one's and, that, uh, mate? Ickenham, Ickenham Saints. Yeah, um, one of their players, um, Irin, is a member of my golf club, and we play golf quite often together. Uh, it's a lovely little club, great atmosphere. They play out of Rice Lip, um, out of their ground. They got their own little corner of the bar and stuff. But yeah, it's um, I think I said it's like the market's saturated down here. There's a lot of teams in that sort of northwest London area, and um, less players to go around them than ever. I think. Yeah, and uh, you know, I've I had conversations with people. There's been people in various WhatsApp groups and messenger groups and, you know, trying to, trying to work out why. And, and one, one lad was like, Oh yeah, but people, there's lots of self-employed people now and, you know, they can't afford to get injured. And I mean, like that was a new thing. Like, like mm. rugby hasn't always been full of self-employed people almost primarily, especially in, in Cornwall, there's been, you know, builders and farmers and whatever else. I mean, Ben's, Ben's family almost entirely grew up playing rugby and were mostly farmers Ben anyway weren't they well yeah exactly um <clears throat> yeah and you you don't want to be doing a lot of that work if you've uh smashed yourself up playing rugby but um I, I guess that that has a part of it um maybe employers are or, or clients if the people are self-employed are maybe a little less understanding of um sport injuries nowadays but I think there's, the problem is there's so many reasons it's going to be hard to actually sort it out. And I think, you know, two years of lockdown has got people used to not not doing stuff all day Saturday. So I don't know. I, I wonder if Friday night under floodlights is an idea or midweek. No, I, I think it is gen, gen, genuinely. Go on then. I thought you were just going to carry on then. Were you waiting for, <laughs> waiting for an invite? You, you don't usually stand well, on ceremony, Douglas. So, um, I just think women are too gobby these days and don't let their husbands out. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Mall over progressive, progressive opinions. I would say I had that opinion for men. <laughs> oh, wow. Or maybe, maybe Douglas, it's not the women's fault. It maybe it's it's the men's fault because they're actually listening to them now, to them yeah, now, rather, yeah, rather right. than rather than going. You know what? I'm going to play anyway. 
Maybe there needs to be a reapplication of trousers in a lot of rooms. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, just just in case. Don't, don't need this traveling. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll be traveling. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Obviously, that was banter. Please sure. don't use the that word on this podcast. Sorry, mate. Sorry. That anyway. That was that was that was a gag. It was a gag. It was a jape. It's a little yeah. bit of fun. Before you start wetting the bed and writing to your local MP about how awful I am and criticizing me for liking head injuries. <laughs> All of which is true. <laughs> Please don't get your knickers in a twist. Yeah. Or your uh pants in a frenzy. Mm. Um although right. I don't want to assume what gender you are. No, or the, in fact that you're wearing pants of any kind. <laughs> right, let's let's move on. Um, Premiership Rugby. Uh, we had our first Friday night matches uh, in a while. Of the season, is it of the season? The first Friday night matches of the season. Is that right? Uh, no, that's that's bullshit. Who told it, you that? No one. Just made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just couldn't remember any Friday night matches being on TV. I think it was. Well, because because the first Friday night matches were when the Queen died, weren't they? And they got moved. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So fuck you. All right. All right. Um, <laughs> you got one stat correct in 10 years. Nice one. Hey, it's an important one. I'm going to hold on to it. <laughs> um, but it did. It was um, a disappointing one for Bath, Ben. Doug, were you there? Were you at the yeah. wreck on Friday night? I was there at the wreck on Friday night. And Ben, as a Bath fan, um, first probably first time of actually watching Bath for eighty minutes this season. What did you What did you make of it? Well, they're still not very good. Um, uh, they they kept had a bit of a comeback towards the end and and scored some nice tries, um, but you know. They were blown out the water by that point. You know, they just outplayed. I thought um, Tom Dunn did have a really good game for Bath. I thought he was their best player by quite some distance. Um, but, you know, Wasps were just pretty much better all over the pitch. Um, they got two fairly solid centres. Um, and, you know, Launchbury was himself, just got around, was a menace. And, you know, that back row for Wasps has got some injuries, but it's, you know, even what they put out on the day was really strong, both Willis's and Carr. That that was too much for what Bath had, really. Um, you know, I think De Carpentier's had quite a good season, but I think he's a bit underpowered. Is, for it, for... is there a more... If, if he was going to play for any team in the Premiership, if you ask any layman who doesn't really watch rugby whatsoever and you say and you said uh this guy Richard uh, De Carpentier who, who do you think he plays for here's a list of all the teams who do you think he plays for and I think 999 people out of 100 will pick Bath yeah uh, Harlequin surely yeah oh is he wearing plum trousers <laughs> well before he gets to the ground certainly yeah, I would always have him. At, I would always uh, go have a mustard-coloured scrum hat. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Uh, but yeah, you're right. He, what, he, he is kind of a bit undergunned. He's a seven, a seven specialist, isn't he? And he's, he's just trying to sort of transition. But it must be difficult for a seven specialist to transition to play number eight. Yeah, I think I, so. I didn't think he was bad. I didn't think he I, was bad at all. I, I didn't think he was bad, um, Doug. I just think he was probably out of position. Um, you know, I think he would have done a really good job at six or, or maybe even seven. You know, they lost the new sign-in. Um, after about 10 minutes, so that doesn't help. Um, and they really came into it after Willis's yellow card, which I thought was was for nothing, really. I think that was a very unfortunate yellow card. Yeah. It was and harsh, wasn't it? Backed in the face as much as anything. So, you know, we... we he, he, almost stood, he almost stood there and um, McNabb, Josh McNally ran into him. Yeah. It was, it was like a weird coming together. Yeah. Um, he turned over a lot. I mean, both Willis brothers turned over a hell of a lot of ball, didn't they? And Buff struggled to resource, uh, struggled to resource their rucks enough in the first half. And then Shut ten- up, Art, never, you're talking about things never to say on the podcast, resourcing <laughs> the ruck. Get out. <laughs> what? Resourcing the ruck. But they didn't. I think I, I, think I saw a stat today that Buff had the least average metres per carry as well. So, you know. If they're struggling, it's not, not, not going to help, is it? Struggling. Hang on a minute, Ben. Mm. Resourcing the ruck. <laughs> What's your problem with resourcing furious. the ruck? I'm, I'm furious about that. What's your problem with resourcing the ruck? you think ruck? you are? Fucking... <laughs> Someone's <laughs> well. fat guy, Monye. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a white Hugo Monye. <laughs> oh, well. Anyway. Enough, enough of that. The Willis I, I brothers. Think, I, yeah, they're pretty good. I don't yeah, get it with Bath because I tell you, the, the, their worst player on the field was Jonathan Joseph, who's like completely anonymous. It's like their big name players don't turn up. It's very, very it's a very weird situation. What's going on there? I thought Josh had another good game though. I thought he made a couple of really good turnovers. He's quiet. He's like quietly efficient. And what I like about Josh, and I know you've said this before. He looks absolutely ball bagged after about seven seconds, <laughs> and then just stay, and then just looks exactly the same <laughs> until eighty minutes. He's just got that. It's almost like that permanently confused look on his face. Yeah, yeah. And Complete he's just like, like hypoxia from yeah, I'm just <laughs> from breathing through his arsehole for seven. I'm minutes. absolutely <laughs> fucked. Seven <laughs> seconds done. Chases takes that first kick off, goes yeah. into a ruck, absolutely ball bagged. Stays at that level for eighty minutes. <laughs> Another guy who played quite well was uh, was Muir. Yeah, he always seems to have good games. Like you get him the ball, he causes problems. He always looks like he's going to fall over, though, doesn't he? Oh, he looked. He looks like um, you know, when children first start running, <laughs> and and they're basically in like a slightly uncontrolled fall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, and, when, and when he's in full tilt, do you remember that? Do you remember the episode of Friends where Phoebe goes running? It's a bit <laughs> like that, <laughs> just arms and legs everywhere. I feel, I feel like if Mark Wood played rugby, he'd run like that. Yeah, he's yeah. he's. If you look at Will Muir, he's almost like someone's got Mark Wood in a rack and just stretched <laughs> him out, and then you get Will Muir. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose the only positive for Bath is you know, it's it's unlikely they're going to get relegated now. So you know, no, I think I think they're a better side than last year. Um, 
Um, and, you know, they seem to have got roughly half the population of South Africa in the squad now. Um, so hopefully some of those yeah, are but they, good. They've, they've got all the shit ones, haven't they? I mean, it's sale hoovered up all the good ones, and then Bartha Bartha when you order a South African off Wish. <laughs> I did, I did like the look of that guy that got injured before he went off, though. He he seemed like a decent, decent unit. The open side, Cloet, yeah. Cloet. Yeah, I mean, he was he was at Munster for quite a long time, and he was a good player for Munster in Europe. So I think he's a good signing. And then you've got um, Curtsy, Rue, and Schumann. Well that could be any number of South Africans that play in the premiership. I think every club's what got talk, What are you talking about, mate? Quimru's Quim Irish. <laughs> oh, sorry. I... Quinn O'Ru. Yeah. Quinn O'Ru. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jonesy made a good point on, on Twitter when he said, uh, you know, you're in, you're in, sort of semi-trouble when you when you bring in Van Veltzer off the bench. I mean, yeah. he he was a corpse when he left Saints. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they just managed to patch him up and keep him going at Worcester. And now he's yeah. in, and now he's at Bath. But I think uh, he's there. I think he's a sort of a coaching, yeah, like a player, coachy kind of role there, I think, but just been pressed into action. Um, I thought Orlando Bailey looked decent as well. To be honest, I've not not seen him have many good games, but he looked like he was in control. Uh, his think, kicking was good. I think that's I think, a fair. Yeah, they need to they need to just stick with him. I know they've got Piers Francis there now, but they what for me they just need to to plug Bailey and Ajomo in at ten and twelve, and just let them go. Like all season, just say right, you're our guys. Let, let's see what you can do. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not going to achieve anything unless they unless they stick by them. Well, it can't be worse than last year, can it? No, so, I mean, no, absolutely. Bath are fully fit. They've got a really good backline, but they're never fully fit, and they haven't been for what fifteen years. Mm. You know, injury list is always enormous. So, I would say, yeah, I would say on Bailey though that there are at least four players of, his, of roughly the same age that I would put a, a ten in front ahead of, of him. Yeah. Yeah, so I'd, I'd I'd probably put Finn Smith, Atkinson at Wasps, who was in the same game. Um, obviously, Marcus Smith. I'd say he's on about the same sort of level as James Grayson in that he can do a job, but he's not going to win the premiership. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's slightly more dynamic than Grayson, but, I think, but you're right. He's never, he's never going to tear the world up. But you, you've got to give him, Bath have to give him the opportunity. They have to give him a sustained run of games. And I think the same with the with Jomo. And I think they put them both in there and, and let them fly. Like you say, there's no real consequences for them not doing that. So maybe, maybe that's the, the way forward. Um, with Wasps, obviously, you know, packed with, a, with attacking talent, Doug's favourite face of rugby Josh Bassett um scoring a, another couple of tries his face got an absolute pasting as well didn't it so <laughs> almost rearranged yeah um enjoyed it what any thoughts about what's going to happen to us obviously we'll come on to Worcester in, in a little bit um well I, I think they're I think they're brown bread aren't they 
well, all, all the reports are, are suggesting the same and that, you know, they've got obviously ready cash to be able to continue to play, play pay players and do whatever it is they're doing now, but that can't go on forever. Surely. I mean, it, it until they're in a position where they can't pay their players and the administrator, then the administrator comes in and whatever, then, then they can carry on. But it, it can't, I can't believe it's in any way sustainable. So we'll have to just wait and see. I think this is something these premiership clubs are going to have to look at though. I mean, what, what is, what, what is their end game? Because none, none of them are going to, make premiership money football money are they that they're not money making enterprises so anyone that buys into it needs to buy into it knowing that they're going to essentially break even at best and i'm not sure with the world and the current financial climate as it is that there's going to be a mass of people queuing up to do that at the moment no maybe so they need they need small school games they may have they may have cash on the hip ready to go but if they're in administration, it's because it's not sustainable. And if it's not sustainable, it's not going to be sustainable just because someone buys them. That person's got to buy them knowing they're going to take over basically a lost leading business. They, so they need one they? of those. They would need one of those gangsters like that untold NHL story. Just yeah. To come in and start. Well, effectively. You know, yeah. Maybe, um, maybe launder some money. You know, they weren't, they weren't, sustainable when they were at Wickham. They're not sustainable now they've got their own ground. What What's going to change? Because if they win all the competitions, it's still not going to make them a money-making enterprise. I, I, it, it seems the same with Worcester. I, you know, I, I just think they're in a position where everybody knows they're bad businesses. So why get involved with it? Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's hard to get. I don't really want to get into all of this too, too de- in too much depth. One, because I don't really know what I'm talking about, and two, it, it's quite a, quite a depressing and and sobering subject. It's it's just not nice to, to think that you know. Whilst we knew that rugby, isn't, particularly profitable in the, in the Premiership, when the clubs are going to the wall, there's a lot of people that are in, impacted by that jobs families and all that sort of stuff and it and it's just quite a um quite a sad proposition so uh on that note let's let's move on to saturday right let's um let's go to saturday's games let's start with the game was it at the mattioli east welford road no it was a cinch franklin's gardens it was at cinch franklin's gardens um, where star of the show, uh, Carl Dixon was in charge yeah. for, for Leicester versus Northampton. Ben, I know you watched this one. I watched a fair amount of it and it was, uh, it was hard going. It was hard work. I got to be honest. I find Carl Dixon extremely hard work to watch as a referee, um, especially as he used to be a player. I just would have thought he would be far less fussy. And, you know, without wanting to just bag one individual for ages, it's just it's quite frustrating that given the fact that he's been there and done it, you think that he would be, have a bit more empathy, but he doesn't seem to. Um, what was your what was your t- sort of take early takeaways on this game, Ben? Oh, 
I didn't think he made any outrageously bad decisions. It was just that all three of the yellow cards, you could have, you could have seen a reason not to give a yellow card at that point. Like I think Northampton were cruising for one because they gave away a lot of penalties on their line, but the actual yellow card was for something that happened on the halfway line. Um, and there was one in the scrum, which is always, you know, we were talking about it before we started recording. That one's always a little bit, um, seems a little bit unfair on one player. And then, of course, the last one was off off a try. So, you know, you, I think a referee at our level would have just forgotten about that yellow card because the try was scored. Um, but it was quite an enjoyable game, I thought, um, you know. When there was some rugby played, because it was just so bitty. So stop start. It was just like yeah. never had any flow. Northampton started off very strongly, but um, you know, Leicester were always on top in the scrums and lineouts, so it was always going to be a you know a hard day for Saints, and and so it proved. And um, like you say, Eogan just got absolutely pummeled oh, by Dan Dan, <laughs> Dan Dan Cole folded him up like some kind of paper I, expert. I mean, I can't see any good reason why Dan Cole's not in the England squad because. You know, Will Stewart never maybe really... maybe he's just too handsome. Maybe maybe that's what it is, Russ. But you know, <laughs> if, if he came on with half an hour to go in in any international game, you wouldn't be too worried, would you? You know, he'd do a decent job in the scrum. He he gets around the pitch quite well, and I I, I do think that you know they should probably have another look at him. Um, I I I've got to disagree. Like uh, we we've got to start got to start moving forward got to start moving on from joe marler and dan cole and and sink sinkler's your starter isn't he and then who who after that is there anyone particularly standing out not 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 standing out i suppose shickling is he on the same side none of us didn't tell you none of us know it's a guess isn't it you know i think you know, Saints scored a couple, couple of really good tries, and then unfortunately Leicester's power told. And you know, the slightly fortunate try the one Martin scored, but you know, fair play to him for being at the right place at the right time. Um, and yeah. and I mean, I, I'm trying to get through this game without saying anything about Stewart, but I was just pleased to see Stewart back. Well, he got got himself on the score sheet, only got a hat trick. Oh, he did. Yeah. But yet you didn't want to... He, he, he scored a hat-trick, but yet you didn't want to mention him. Yeah, he scored a hat-trick against a rugby league team. Yeah. Actually, one less than a rugby league team. Because of Carl because Dixon's of the, robo hand. Yeah. But, you know, it was... Nobody knows where the remote control's hidden. It's in the crowd somewhere, and it just depends which team's fan has it. And every time there's a breakdown, it just clicks a button and it automatically sends an impulse to put his hand up and blow a whistle. I think, I think, I, th- I see your point, but I think Leicester were always going to win, weren't they? I think no, they- I don't, I don't think so. Do I- it's hard to tell because it, the second half was so. Much, so much of a non event. For the simple fact that no next to no rugby was played. Yeah. Because all that happened, it just went scrum, penalty, scrum, penalty, scrum. And it absolutely killed the game. I felt sorry for it for a scrum penalties. Like 
it, it's sort of counter like I don't understand the punishment because if you're getting pasted in the scrum, the last thing you should do as a referee is send someone from that scrum off because you're just going to get pasted. If eight men are getting pasted, yeah, <laughs> yeah, seven are certainly going to get pasted, and that's just going to lead to another penalty. And this yeah. and this is the point I was saying to Ben beforehand, right? You, yes, <clears throat> you know. The matchup is Dan Cole bending Eogan in half, right? That is the, the matchup, the one-on-one matchup. However, the, the, the physics of a scrum mean that it's, it's essentially eight people against eight people. It's not just one person. He's got a lock that's in behind him that should be helping him. Why is it always the front row that is, is the one getting the yellow card? I can't, because I don't get the it. referees haven't got a fucking clue. Because about what's going on, just like everybody else in the ground, they they have a they they sit together like that, and I'm for the for those of you listening, which is all of you, I'm putting my fingers <laughs> together, um, in a, in such a way I, where you've I, got I wouldn't guarantee that <laughs> two two scrums going against each other, and at any point in time they both just go like that in a split second, and the referee in that split second decides, oh, it's you, or it's you, and how many times have you seen teams dominate a scrum? Go scrum line out, scrum penalty line out, scrum on the five meter line, and then get turned over in the scrum. Oh, penalty against you. Because the referee does not have a fucking clue. So the yeah, way my, to stop my it. Least favorite, my least favorite thing about that is when you get to the five meter line and then you get referees who cannot wait to call an offside on the goal line. Like it makes a blind bit of difference getting off whether your hands are six inches in front of the goal line or not. Yeah. The, yeah. It's yeah. just like they're itching to cause like for the penalty to be called. And it, and it boils my piss because then what you're left with is a situation where the only thing that's going to stop a, that penalty occurring is a try, is a try because yeah. apparently getting over the goal line and not grounding the ball isn't enough of an advantage. No, Absolutely. And, and so, it, you know, it's it's one of those things that Mark Atkinson. I don't know if you've li- you probably haven't listened to the Egg Chasers already this week. I I listened to it on the way in the car today. But Mark Atkinson was on there, and he was saying he has conversations with his dad about how his dad says, "Well, why does that happen? That shouldn't happen." And Mark Atkinson said, "He goes, well, yeah, I know it shouldn't, but that's just how the game is these days." And it's the case with these advantage penalties and the scrum penalties. They just, it is literally a complete lottery as like one person you can see, and you often hear a commentator will contradict what the referees said. It well, happens, happens on BT every single scrum happens every single scrum. And to that, to that end, that, that just shows you that the the penalty at the scrum, at the scrum has now become too much of a weapon it, it needs well, to be there needs to be a you know like in in call of duty when somebody gets a a new loadout comes on a gun and it just ruins everything because all everyone just uses that, that no setup. mate because i'm 40 years old and not a child <laughs> you're ginger in a cunt though um, <laughs> i can't refute that well they they do this thing where they they rebalance the the the, the i haven't played call of duty for ages i just you know they they just um they rebalance everything because something becomes too powerful yep. for the game. It makes it unfair. And I think the scrum penalties need something 
There needs to be something. Like, yep. if you're going, if you're resetting scrums on the five meter line, and they're that you're getting a penalty, then another penalty, then another penalty, then a yellow card, then another penalty, then and then another yellow card, and nothing's actually happening in the game. Maybe we need a situation whereby you can only have two consecutive penalties and then you've got a kick. You've got yeah. to make a decision. Because what happened in that Saints game isn't good for a spectacle, is it? Like 12 against 15 isn't good for anyone. Yeah, and and I agree. And and that, there's two That's things. It's not just there's, me being a Saints fan saying no, that. There's more, there's more than one thing at play there. I mean, yes, the Saints were on a warning on their goal line, right? But they somehow managed to, to turn <laughs> it over from uh, from a line-out, maybe. Got up the pitch, and then he, he yellow-carded Augustus at the halfway line, or even in, in the, the Leicester half, just because it was the next offence. And it was like, I mean, I get they're on a warning, but they're on a warning for persistent infringement on the try line. Like, that makes no sense. Mitchell yellow-card, once that once they've scored the try, as in, like, what Mitchell did had absolutely no impact on Leicester scoring a try. It had nothing. So what's the point in yellow carding him? Like, it, it, there wasn't one. So so why why not have a bit of common sense and go, you know what, watch yourself, because if that, if that had gone to ground and they'd lost the opportunity, you would have been in the bin, as it was. It- there was, my... It wasn't even another phase. It was just like it went into hand and it went bang, bang, try. There wasn't any yeah. impact. Here's yeah. my feeling on what they what what could rebalance yellow cards. Work it the same as ice hockey. So if you're yellow carded, you're off until the opposition score and then you come back on. Yeah. You've served or the penalty because the opposition have scored points. Yeah. Or I'd just say like the scrum penalty, I turn... Most scrum penalties into a free kick and where you cannot ask for another scrum. So if it's a free kick, if the referee thinks that you've taken a scrum down, right, just by dropping it, it's a free kick. And if you're a nine worth worth any of your sort, then you'd realise that 16 of the biggest blokes on the on the pitch are all having a big cuddle and you've got the ball that you can tap and go with. That'll quicken the game up. And that'll allow more ball in playtime. Because at the moment, it's time off, scrum, time on, kick, penalty, kick, line out. Invariably, somebody will knock it on. Another scrum, another penalty. I mean, I'd love to see the scrum completion to scrum penalty statistics over a course of a premiership weekend. So how many scrums are awarded? And of those scrums how many of those uh led to penalties uh free kicks and successful completions or resets because i bet you the completed scrum statistic could be in the minority against resets and penalties i think it would be every week wouldn't it yeah which isn't the case the scrum should only really be a, a means of restarting the game where two teams push against each other but teams don't push against each other like straight not that they've ever really done that but they're not trying to push the other team off the ball they're trying to push the team to a position where they they drop for a penalty so the whole means of scrummaging doesn't really exist anymore 
It's not, it's not that mean for, for most teams, it's not a means of restarting the game. It's a means of getting a penalty, winning a penalty. And that power needs to be taken away from the scrum because that is part of the reason that is making it unwatchable. What's your answer, Ben? I think it's very difficult to have an answer in rugby because you bring a new rule in and within five games, most of the coaches have found a way to turn it to their advantage. I think if you if you made it a free kick for everything, you might end up with teams putting in really small packs. Well, they're, they're trying to make the game safer. They make these like smaller hits and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and and you know they they probably find cleverer ways than that to subvert it. But I I do wonder if um, or maybe sorry Ben, maybe it'll make teams try and scrummage better because if you if you're going to push a team off the ball, I, yeah, but mate, I don't I don't think teams are intentionally scrummaging badly. They just get pasted every now and again. I've seen Yogan absolutely put people to the sword i've seen dan cole get folded up by vastly i think yeah, but i, d- I don't th- i don't think teams necessarily are scrummaging to a point where they're trying to drive the other team off the ball russ i think it'd be a shame to completely take it out um, entirely so for example um it was a long time ago but there was a game where england just scrummaged ireland off the park and just you know they were pushing them back 10 meters well, england and lost you- the world cup final like that yeah, yeah, and 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 if you if if a if a team is doing that to someone, they deserve the penalty. I agree, I think, agree entirely. But I think any anything like a slip or a you know a slip bind or something like that, or you know sometimes they just slip and fall on their face and get a penalty against them, don't they? That's the so, point I'm making. The ones where they yeah. go in, the ball goes in, and within about a second, both teams have done that, and yeah, the referee's yeah. just made it up. I mean, I guess make it a make it a, a, a kick, a free kick in that instance, but or 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 a tap penalty. Maybe a, the penalty can't be kicked to touch; it can only be kicked either to goal or maybe not even to goal. Maybe you just have to can tap you, it. Or can you correct me if I'm wrong about this? But when back in the day, if you were pushed off the ball in a scrum, and you saw a scrum trundling down the pitch and one team went completely over the top of the other, that wasn't a penalty. Your advantage is the fact that there are eight men on the, on floor, the floor underneath your eight men. Yeah. You've got a massive advantage. Yeah. But it seems to me now that a penalty, like just being pushed backwards in a scrum is a penalty. Yeah. So that doesn't need to happen. Is, is it partly because, not much the reason it is a penalty, but teams aren't so keen to attack from it, Phil would be the person to ask this, but if if your if your pack's going forward that fast, it must be quite difficult for the number eight to pick up the ball. So you well, you risk be better. Yeah, yeah, was it? yeah, exactly. But I, I think that might be one reason my teams are reluctant to go for it. Mm. But uh, you know, referees, a, a scrum gets you know the front row comes up in a scrum and it's immediately a penalty or a reset. It's never just allowed to to sort of progress to the point where the scrum's so dominant that your advantage is the fact that you've taken eight men out of the game and your eight men are on their feet. Also, if the ball's at the back of the scrum, get the fucking thing out. Rather rather than rather than have to, you know, the teams are purposefully leaving it in there when it's won. Well, that was to a gain thing a penalty. For a while, wasn't it? They were they they were saying that, you know, 
you're not going to win a penalty if the ball's at the back. You can use that. The ball's available to use. Yeah. You've got to use it. It's the same as keeping it in a, at the bottom of a ruck, right? And from that regard. Yeah, use it. Use yeah. it. I, think, I hate to say it, but I think Russ might have hit upon the answer about two years ago when he said a time limit for scrums. Just, Just get in, get, get it done, get it out. If it's not, if it's not sorted in 30 seconds... You know, if you haven't started the scrum in 30 seconds, then... Yeah. Well, that's uh, rugby league, that is, isn't it? They yeah, have a, and, and a that's more around the, the setting it up and the and all the, all the other stuff, people ambling around, you know, but... Yeah, all that has helped design these props and hookers now that are absolute behemoths because they can take a minute and a half to clean their studs off and have a breather and a drink and a chat and get down and I'll collapse. I will start again. We'll do it all again. Yeah. Before you know it, five minutes have gone out of the game. That's why you got a ball in playtime of about seven minutes yeah. and, and 95, 100 minute matches. Well, before, you know, we could lament the uh, the problems that rugby's got every week, it seems. But the issue for me is that a lot of these issues are so easily fixed. I, so, I don't Imagine, I don't imagine if, the IR, if the IR. I don't know why you wouldn't do this. No, why you wouldn't have a yellow card, yellow carded player for a technical infringement reinstated once a point had been scored because he served the penalty. Yeah. It, imagine, imagine world rugby or the RFU or you know whoever carrying out some kind of fan based survey. Imagine how many ideas they'd have to fix <laughs> fix the game. Yeah, I can tell you how many they'd use. About as many hairs that are on the top of my head. <laughs> niche, niche, <laughs> niche, niche ideas. Heads. Right, let, let's move on. Anyway, um, Sa- Saracens did their best to throw away a uh, a, a decent lead, um, and then come back. To beat Gloucester in the in the bounced last back, they bounced Saracens bounced back and a last minute conversion from um, Owen Farrell Fazza from Fazza, yeah. <laughs> after uh, after old Wollstonecroft had bagged a couple of tries in the last Busters. five minutes, um, I mean a game Gloucester probably should have won and they'll be kicking themselves not to come away from Barnet with uh, with a victory there, especially you know having been in the lead. Um, Bristol, another close game, beat London Irish 40-36 at Ashton Gate. I didn't watch much of this because I couldn't, basically. So Yeah. Ben, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the scoring this week? Can everyone uh, just chill out a bit or do I we think have a 9-6? Should... Any chance yeah. for 9-6? The, the NFL, the scoring this week was more to my liking. Yeah, <laughs> that, that 11-10 game. Yeah, that okay. was the Second in history, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nearly yeah. a number wang. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Scorigami. Mean... Scorigami, sorry. Not number wang. wang. <laughs> <laughs> what is number wang? I know it's Mitch funny. Web, it? It? Oh, that's, that's just it. where the host is just shouting numbers. <laughs> number. That's number wang. <laughs> um, yeah. So of some of the highlights that I've seen, and we'll we'll come on to that actually, because um it leads us nicely into the Exeter Harlequins game on Sunday, um, which seemed to be 
the epitome of attack versus defence, where Exeter said, well, first half, we'll have the ball and we'll score a lot of tries. And then second half, uh, you can have the ball and see if you can score more tries than we did in the first half. And we promise not to tackle each other. Um, I didn't watch Exeter. I didn't watch the first half of the game. I turned it on at halftime, watched the first 15 minutes. And I don't know whether I can remember Exeter making a tackle. It was absolute shambles. And then it went um, uncontested scrums. No, yeah. Was it uncontested? Am I getting my games mixed up? Did they have a period of uncontested scrums in the Exeter game? Was I don't know, mate. I didn't watch it. I've watched highlights, which was essentially... I feel, I feel a little bit bad for the editors because essentially they were just editing in the tries and there were so many of them that they couldn't even put the whole tries in. It was basically just a bloke running across the line. I know. So. It, it was extra, it was extra quins because they <laughs> lost, um, they lost the hooker. They lost Jack Walker to injury and um, head came on and then he had to go off for a HIA, which is ironic. Right. Mr. Head going off for a HIA. Um, so they bought a prop on, but they didn't have a hooker. So they went uncontested and all Harlequins just went pop. It's literally uncontested scrum out the back, one phase, not a Northmore basically strolled through through the extra defense, through a massive gap off first phase, off, a, off an uncontested scrum. I mean, that's that's what we don't we don't want to get into a rugby league style head and feed type thing. Obviously, we just had a big scrum discussion, but uncontested scrums, if there was a bigger joke than than scrum penalties, it's when scrums become uncontested because it was fucking horrible. It's not good to watch at all. Um, but the level of defence was, it was an abomination. And it, it's hard. And everybody was wanking on, oh, this is brilliant attacking rugby. You know, there was some good stuff played. Don't get me wrong. There was some nice passes and there was some like, but ne- from what I'd seen, neither team had to work that hard to look good. It was it was training ground stuff, you know, like unopposed type stuff where the defense is like, we'll be there and you know, you can look really good running your moves and you can yeah. look really slick and we'll just yeah. be defenders to fix and we won't just tackle you. We'll just kind of we'll just kind of arm tackle you and we'll, you know, we we won't we won't go full pelt because we know you're just trying to get your moves off. That's what it yeah. felt like. It was it was really strange. And then there was the the final sort of piece of the jigsaw, the the forward, the alleged forward pass at the end of the match, um, where Harlequins conveniently forgot about the you know, forward pass for Murley for his try in the first half, both of which were marginal, neither of which could be conclusively proven either way. So they both just need to be either chalked off or left on and forgotten about. But Harlequins have liked to the last five years of doing a rugby podcast has taught you nothing, Russ. It's the rugby fans love pleading absolute woe on themselves. Mm -hmm. True. For every single decision, there's always a still frame that would prove otherwise. The absolute nausiness of it is... I don't even pay any attention anymore when you see this is absolute red card all day. It's like next, 
can't, don't care. <laughs> Think there's been a rape up there. Um, <laughs> some of the complaints will be false. Yeah. Um, it, it's just nonsense. It wasn't a forward pass. You know why? Because the ref didn't give it. No, true. And and of all the 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 shit I just gave Dixon, I'm going to give a bit of praise to to Tempo. For the way that he, tempo. for the way that he reffed it, I, th- I think you know he was he was clear. He made the decision, and he stuck with it. You know they yeah. couldn't give they couldn't give him conclusive proof. He could have he could have stood there for three minutes and gone. Is there any yeah. other angles? No, there's no more angles. Well, can we show me again? He could have done all of that, but instead he went. Well, if there's no more angles, you can't prove to me it was forward. It stays as stays as it is. Perfect. Yeah. Good refereeing. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wish there was more of that. He's basically saying, I've decided this. Yeah. And if anyone wants to come and have a chat with me after the game, we can have a chat after the game. Yeah. Perfect. And you know what? I care not for your opinions. Thanks, Tempo. Cheers, Tempo. It's it's you know, it was it was nice to see. And I just wish, and I've and I hate to keep banging on about the, the TMO because I've done it on countless occasions. That cunt, whoever it might be, needs to speak when spoken to. Who's that? Sorry. Any of them. Any TMO ever. <laughs> Just any of them. Speak when you're spoken to. For sure. Do Nothing not. Works. Do you not. Them over the commentary. Yeah. Oh, there's a knock on there. There's a knock on there. Fuck off. Not your job, mate. Not your job. <laughs> if the referee's missed a knock on at the bottom of a ruck and the, the assistants have missed it, play on. Guess what? That's- Keep the game going. That's not so bad if it's like, oh, yeah, that was forward or something. It's, it's when it's like, right, I've spotted something five phases ago that I want you to come back and take a look at. No, yeah, that no. annoys if me it, because that nah. time doesn't get put back in no, the game, does it? If it's if it's foul play, right, and they need, there's going to be a sanction for whatever reason, I kind of get that. No, if, it, if it's no, if it if it's a not if a guy is on the is is knocked it on slightly at the bottom of a ruck in midfield, neither assistant seen it and neither is the referee. Right, play the fuck on. You don't need Rosie going, uh, uh, Craig. Uh, there, there's been a knock on there by uh, Wasps number four. No, don't need it. All I want to hear from the TMO is if someone's done something bad enough that requires a, a yellow or red card, or um, the last piece before a try where there may have been an infringement. But it's it's no it's very rarely something bad enough for a red card, is it? It's always oh you need to go back five phases because someone brushed someone else's chin, and it, it's just wasting so much time and it breaks up the game. And like you might have just started to get a bit of interest in how it's go, how, how this this sort of move or phase is going. It's like well we got to stop and we got to go and see if someone brushed his jaw. It's just pointless. I I don't really mind them saying oh what? there is a knock, but just. Just going back that far just is a waste. I of think time. I think it was Rugby Inside Line that said something about, oh well, maybe we need to give more powers to the TMO. <laughs> I was like, well, what's the fucking point? You may as well I take mean, the mate, may, take the on-field referee out of it and have a fucking drone, a robot first, drone referee it with a microphone engaging with anything that one ever has put on Twitter. It's fucking madness. Let's have let's have robot referees. What rugby needs is more litigious. Action. <laughs> yeah. Less ball in playtime and more TMO. 
Yeah. Let's have some chats. Basically, more, they're having a big video chats. chat. <laughs> Let's just you know get... what rugby needs? Less rugby. That way there can be less head injuries. Solved. Solved head injuries. <laughs> less less rugby. Same amount of matches, less rugby within those matches. Same amount of matches, less rugby, more TMOs. <laughs> it, it, it's a nice ref, but full of wires. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. You literally have 17 TMOs, couldn't you? Yeah, just just dot them around. Just have them all in drones. Yeah. And if you and if you hit a drone out of the sky with a with a high kick, uh, it's a penalty. And well, and any time they have a little thumb switch that any time they want to come in, it, it makes a noise over the over the tannoy. <laughs> like that. <laughs> what about, what about Pub, public address cam- system? <laughs> multiple CCTV cameras, and if someone commits a high tackle. Just straight away, laser vaporizes yeah. them. Oh, you know, like you well, know, like no, you know, like in running in the Running Man. No, you know, in like the, in in Running Man, where they have got that perimeter fence, but it's an invisible perimeter, and if they cross it, their head gets blown off. Yeah, I, I <laughs> well, was thinking uh, Parks and Rec when the Bolivians come to town, <laughs> right to jail. <laughs> I tackled jail. <laughs> right, enough fun. Right, we've got. Four minutes, 22 seconds before we get cut off. Um, and I refuse to start another Zoom call. So, Doug, one minute's worth of any other business, if you've got anything. I really, really, really like trifle. Boozy trifle or standard trifle? Any any trifle. Just enjoy a nice trifle. A lady finger, one of the most underrated uh, pudding implements. <laughs> oh, lady fingers. Lady fingers. <laughs> That's all I wanted to say. Sometimes just really it gets just sometimes the lady fingers get a bit soft. I just I like I, it becomes then just oh, a big oh, mush. You want your specialist subject now, haven't we? <laughs> Dessert. <laughs> no, just it just becomes a big mush. Big mush. <laughs> right, Ben. Uh a minute for you. A big well done to my uncle Chris, who hosted a barn party down on the farm. That Did it turn big- into an all-night rave? It, it it very much did turn into an <laughs> was it was it was it um millennium themed hosted by Jared from Gladiators? Uh close. Um but he he managed to raise over two thousand pounds for MS charities. Brilliant. So uh, well done to Chris. Well done, Chris. Awesome, well done. Well done, Chris. Um I'd just like to say a uh a big get well. And go well to um, Farm Vets Manchild, James, who um, the schoolgirl's favourite. Schoolgirl, definitely, he will be a schoolgirl's favourite. Hundred (laughs) percent Scottish. um, Who broke his humerus? Snapped his humerus in a grass buggy incident uh, (laughs) at the weekend. Poor kid has been in in Trillisk since Sunday night, dosed up on whatever. Um, Still not been having a great time. Still not been operated on. Apparently, they tried to uh, to manipulate it back into after two days. Uh, not sure what to do. Let's manipulate it back into place. Oh no, that didn't work. Operate on him again. Poor kid, thirteen years old. Um, but I'm sure he'll have a really cool cast and uh, yeah. might stop him. Might, might stop him masturbating for a few weeks. Um... <laughs> As if hospital sheets need to be stiffer. <laughs> And, and I'm talking. And I'm talking about Phil, not his son. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we go, Russ, Doug.
jacking off them all over invitational to play golf in France when there are people literally flying from America? I'm not jacking it off. I'm not jacking it off. I come back on the Thursday. I told you that. Mate, you got to be there. Well, I'll be there. <laughs> people, be there. Have, people have spent money, Russ. I'll be there. I'll be there. I mean, I'm not... Is that? Are you going to be there? So we definitely ain't playing golf at Trevoz then, are we? <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> I mean, what 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 bloke. what's happened is bloke. my I have a shit bloke. That's a fact, and and my ad my admin is is horrific. You're a shit um, bloke. My ability to arrange anything, um, you know, is is fallen by the wayside. So my apologies, but we'll sort something out, definitely. And I I will endeavour to be present at the MOI in whatever guise that, that might find itself. So there you go. Anyway, let's get out of here before um, Doug abuses me anymore. We will see you all <laughs> next week for uh, for some more Mallover, hopefully. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll catch you later. Go well. Russ. Yeah. Let's talk tomorrow about sorting out this other thing. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.